Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. You can text us at any time at 780-496-0063. Oh, man, I'm telling you. Uh, again, you can text us at any time, 780-496-0063 on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. The breaking news of the day, if you've not heard, uh, multiple resignations with the UCP, with some of the individuals who uh, have spent some time out of town during a, a, pandemic, a pandemic in which many of us uh, were locked down. Uh, Jason from Sanguda, very funny guy, says, Bob, I'm thinking uh, the UCP had some expiring air miles that they just had to uh, use up. Well, uh, some other things have been used up as well here. So we'll continue to monitor this during the course of the day. We'll get back into the hockey talk in a second on the second hour of Oilers Now, which is brought to you daily by Digitex. Who wish yours, you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Wow. Just had Jeff Jackson on, uh, one of the most prominent agents in the business, uh, represents Connor McDavid. Sounded pretty positive about the additions made to the Oilers lineup. Uh, I think if you read between the lines, I think it's entirely feasible that Jeff may have played a bit of a factor on Pugliarvi, uh, though he wouldn't necessarily say it. Uh, but Pugliarvi ended up uh, doing a two-year deal returning to the NHL. Of course, he represents Evan Bouchard. He's got three players playing in the World Juniors, and he himself won a World Junior title, the second for Canada back in 1985. And it was great having a trip down memory lane with him, and that was the year that Wendell Clark made their team. And you could hear Jeff's comments about the fact that Wendell uh, was the talk of that camp because he was running around blowing guys up. We have John Shannon, our NHL insider for our friends at Legacy Heating and Cooling, paying no overtime rates on 24-7 service and repairs, and Gord Wilson in this hour. And we head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline and re-engage with John Shannon. John, Happy New Year. Hello, Robert. Happy New Year to you, too. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Jeff Jackson. Good man. Um... You agree with? I mean, obviously, he represents Connor McDavid. So, I mean, that's that's the NHL's. It's a pretty significant player for the National Hockey League. Do you uh, do you agree with me that he may have played a factor in in maybe helping smooth the waters a bit for Pulleyarvi with Marcus Lato, with uh, you know Lato's old firm coming over and being a part of Wasserman? I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the, the one thing uh, in, in the acquisitions world that uh, that the Wasserman Group, that you know, and Jeff started with the Orr Group, and they all have morphed into one uh, in this situation. I wouldn't be surprised. I, it, you know, I, you also wonder if 
uh, Jeff um, might have paid a uh, played a role in uh, smoothing the waters between players too, um, and between Connor and Yessi. So, which would be a positive as well. So, uh, that's not to say that they were they disliked each other, but you know, they were you know obviously at times I think I think it would be fair to say there were some frustrations. Uh, and uh, and that was an important part, and and I think that uh, Jeff Jeff has become and I, I and and transparency. I worked alongside Jeff when he was with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, it, Jeff has become one of the most influential um, uh, people within the game. He's a he's a power broker in this game, and uh, uh, because he's done so much as a player, as an assistant general manager. Uh, and, and now as a player agent, and he's, uh, he, he does have some influence that way, so I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, when I started the conversation with Jeff, we, we were talking a bit about the 85 World Junior Team, and that was sort of the breakout uh, nationally for Wendell Clark. And, you know, I, I know a lot of guys that played against Wendell and Junior, and, I mean, he hit hard and he punched hard, and, oh, by the way, he could play as well. One of the things I said to Jeff was he's a player that transcends the market. Like, not everybody at Edmonton likes Toronto. But a lot of people in Edmonton loved and respected Wendell Clark. He was just that type of player, wasn't he, John? Well, and you know, the magic thing. This is where this is where the magic of Saturday night comes out, and and hockey night in Canada, and what the Maple Leafs mean nationally. And all you have to do is go to every Canadian every Canadian market and see all the Leaf fans come out of the closet uh, when the when the Leafs come to town. And then when you get a kid from Saskatchewan playing. For the Maple Leafs, it, it's it's kind of like a, a, a storybook. It's it's a fairy tale. It's what many Canadians, uh, certainly of my generation, always dreamed about. Was you know, no matter where you lived in the country, uh, you had a chance to play uh, for in the NHL. And and Wendell was one of, and, and in many ways, Wendell was probably one of the last guys like that. You know, when you think about uh, the diversity of the game and how many NHL teams exist in Canada, but being the first pick overall and playing for the Maple Leafs and playing the way he played, uh, I, I think there were a ton of people that were always appreciative of the way he played the game, whether you're a Leaf fan or not. I talked to a couple guys that fought him. They, they shall remain nameless, and they said, Bob, you have to survive the first four or five, and he hit hard. Like, you were tearing up in a yeah. hurry because he just, he swung from downtown. Like, like McSorley was an endurance fighter. John yep. Cordick, who I grew up playing against, uh, and, you know, John went off to Portland and became a fighter, and he had that lethal, uh, rapid left hand. But, you know, Craig Cox would say he didn't necessarily hurt you, but he'd outpoint you. Wendell Clark could hurt you for a guy that wasn't the biggest guy. Like, he had one of those punches that was a knockout punch. Well, he was Saskatchewan farmer strong, right? And 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 you know, I I, I still see Wendell uh, occasionally now and marvel at at the way he played the game with the size that he is and was. Uh, but you can still see it in his upper body. You can see it in his neck and his shoulders. I mean, to me, you know, that that was that Gordy Howe strength as well, right? Uh, that that you saw in the upper body with the shoulders and the neck and the elbows, and that's what Wendell was. He was he, he was efficient. He was simple in the way he fought. I'm not a big fighting guy, Bob, but you had to admire the way Wendell approached everything and and. And understood what he had to do. I mean, here was a guy that could have easily decided at a certain point, 
you know what? I'm a first-round pick. I don't have to play this way. I have enough skill. I can shoot the puck. I'm going to just become a sniper. Well, that wasn't the, that wasn't the way uh, Wendell would ever play the game, and he played the game with the abandon that he always played it. I mean, I, hey, listen, there, I still remember the, the first, uh, first camp he went to in Toronto when there was a big debate. Was he going to play forward or was he going to play defense? Um, and, you know, I mean, Wendell was the type of guy that would actually do absolutely everything in order to win. And uh, it, it's unfortunate that his, the teams he played for weren't near as good uh, as, as he was. And, uh, never, and it, he got a claim on some pretty bad hockey teams for a while that never had any, any long-term playoff success. All right, I'm biased on this one, but... You know, like Clark had it a reach across the country where fans of every team liked him. Is there a player in Canada right now where fans on every team flat out like him? Like, and I might argue that Brendan Gallagher might be that guy from Montreal because he's an undersized guy that punches above his weight class. I mean, he's even liked in Boston where they hate the Canadians, but they like Gallagher. Now, it might have to do with the fact that he's got an Irish name, but he's a hard-nosed kid from Edmonton, as you know, and my wife grew up with a family. But to yeah. me, he's a guy that a lot of guys around the league really like and respect. Anybody, and let's throw that out there for the listeners at 780-496-0063. Like in Edmonton, there's, uh, you know, the majority of the fans can't stand Matthew Kachuk. I think they'd love to have him on their team. But sure. is there a player currently playing on a Canadian team that everybody should like because... You know, he's he's that guy the way Wendell Clark was back in the 80s. That's a, that's a really good question. Uh, that, that is a really, really good question. You know, and 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 I, w- I would tell you that I'm not sure Brendan Gallagher is that popular here in Toronto. Okay. Um, you know, because of the rivalry between the two cities. Um, but he, but but Gall- there's no question that uh, Gallagher's toughness draws a lot of respect from from a ton of people. But I'm going to have to I'm going to have to think about that one a little bit. That's a that's a uh, that's a solid question. Uh, when you go across the board, uh, I don't know if there is anybody that uh, is is of that ilk anymore in the NHL. Because I get the sense from some other markets that they don't like the fact that the Oilers have McDavid. And they're, 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 how about, there's how about thirty. There are thirty teams that don't and, really uh, like that. And it's almost like, yeah, but he hasn't won yet. I'm like, you do realize, uh, you do realize the importance of team in a team sport. Like, there is there is a football evaluator out there right now that called Patrick Mahomes in 2017, called Lamar Jackson in 2018, called Kyler Murray in 2019, uh, and, you know, in in 2020 called Justin Herbert. Like, this guy nailed all of those as as top guys in those respective. And, like, Lamar Jackson was, like, the fifth quarterback draft. He said, no, he's going to be the best of those quarterbacks in that draft year. And he said Josh Allen would be the second. But he talks, it's Chris Sims, it's Phil Sims' son, and he talks all the time about, you know what, if you're the quarterback at Alabama with all the talent they have, you're being, you know, you look better than maybe you are. And if you're a quarterback on a team that doesn't have the talent, you have to force more balls in to find ways to win, and you might end up with more interceptions. And you got to factor those things yeah, in. Yeah, you know, Bob. I, the one, the one thing I would say is that it, it is, it is the biggest issue I have with the way our game is has always been tried to be marketed, particularly in the United States, 
Uh, when you compare the four, the four major sports, when you compare particularly basketball right now that, that, that has a, you know, just a, a, a bushel of superstars. But, you know, LeBron can play for 42 minutes. LeBron, yes. how, how many touches does LeBron have of the basketball? Uh, you, you know, we, we are, we, we play in, a, in such a team sport and we're involved in such a team sport that, you, you know, if you play more than a third of the game, it's a lot. And you don't have touches. I mean, Tom Brady, uh, who Tom Brady or or or, or, or Kaylor Murray or or any anybody uh, in the NFL that touches the ball as a quarterback touches the ball eighty times, eighty yeah. times. When you think about how many plays that run, he's either throwing it or handing it off. Uh, our superstars, you know, are are on the bench more than they are on the ice, and and that becomes a real issue about how we market our superstars and 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 again it's it's non you know we're typically canadian about what we're doing and we we you know that it there's that that code in hockey where you don't want to stand out too much um but we just don't have the opportunity on a regular basis to promote and market our our superstars based on the fact that they don't play a majority of the majority of the time compared to other sports uh, here we go. Jerome McGinley Bob was the last crossover Canadian uh, player that I loved. He, he played it, you know. Uh, yep. Bob, what about Patrice Bergeron being the most respected that, player in the NHL? Yeah, we, we were talking about Canadian teams, though. Canadian Cause I, teams. I, I would, I because if we were talking about the whole league, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I sit here and I can't imagine anybody in our country not appreciating what Sid Crosby's like. Yeah. You know, uh, but but if you're talking about the seven Canadian teams, it's difficult to do it with the seven Canadian teams. Brian says Mark Shifley, an honest player. Yes, he's bigger, but he's respected around the league. I, but you know what? Like I just I don't see him being beloved the way Wendell Clark was. I would say Jerome McGinley. That is a good one because for me, even though he was a Calgary Flame and we had the Battle of Alberta, it was hard not to like Jerome McGinley. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. No. No. I think Jerome. I think Jerome's a good example. I think that. Was, but again. I mean, how many years ago is that now? I mean, we're talking about what happened in, in 2021. How many are like that? Yeah. And that's that's a that's a that's a really uh, that's an interesting question. All right, hey John, uh, did you have Bill Daly on today? Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. Anything in, any, anything interesting out of that? I just I, I think the the protocols and, and the real discussion about um, what happens if there is there a threshold amongst uh, the league on on if you have a, a team that has four or five cases uh, of COVID how when do you decide and and they're actually going to freelance it they're going to they're going to to look at each individual team uh on a uh, a single basis and decide whether a game needs to be postponed or or or, or moved uh i think that's interesting i think that there's a you know bill bill confirmed that all seven canadian teams are uh, have permission to play in their own arenas for the season which is good but they still have issues in at this point santa clara county where the sharks are and they're still not sure about that but uh, no it was good uh, there was a and there's a few little tidbits about the outdoor games uh, in Lake Tahoe and uh, where they are with the uh, with the the TV deal in the United States uh, near the end of the podcast. Uh, this text comes in on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Uh, Bob and John, do you think the Flames fans respected Ryan Smith like we respected Jerome McGinley? No. 
Even though, but but I'll tell you what, Ryan Ryan uh, Ryan Smith might be on that list too, but if not because of what he did in the NHL. Captain Canada. Yeah, I mean, how, how many times? How many times could a guy go and, and 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 play for the flag? How many times could he do it? And Ryan did it every time and did it well. Um, so I, th- I think there was a real respect for Ryan Smith as a as a hockey player, and as and for a player on Team Canada. But I don't think that that really transcended to the Edmonton Oilers, Ryan Smith. Well, I can tell you, being down there today at Nate for the start of Oilers training camp, uh, you know, I, I and certainly the one thing that was reinforced yesterday, and they had all the key guys talk uh, that have been here for a while. They're all aware of the fact that there's greater depth of this hockey team right now, John. Oh, that's one, there's one no of the big things about that. There's no question about that. I mean, that's that's the one thing that uh, Kenny's been trying to do and trying to move is is to make sure that. Uh, that you know your superstars have support, and and you know when you when you can when you can be in a position where you're you're potentially adding guys like Slater Cuckoo and Ryan Stanton as guys that might, and I say might might make the team, then that's a real positive because yeah. they would make other teams. Uh, a lot easier than they might make the Oilers. Well, Cuckoo's going to make it for sure. I mean, he's on a one-way deal. Uh, Stanton, as you know, signed initially the AHL deal. The Oilers needed yep. an extra defenseman, but even there, you might... Let's not forget, when Calgary went to the Stanley Cup final in 2004, they had about six injuries on defense. They had guys play that year in the third round of the in the, in the Western Conference final. They they played those you know games in that playoff series that never played a game in the NHL in the next seven or eight right. years when they were in the minors. You're going to need depth this year. Uh, so that's interesting. Just in terms of uh, there is a protocol in place for potential cancellations if there's an outbreak on one team with I wouldn't say cancellations. I would say postponement. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. I would you say the because they, they, they have built windows into the schedule that allow for the games to be played at a later date. Yeah. Well. The, the, the other, th- the other thing I, I think you know is, is when you talk about depth of teams. You know, they have this six-man taxi squad that teams are going to be traveling with. Um, but you know, if you look at rosters, I mean, there are teams that last year or or the last time we had a a full schedule. I mean, we're, we're playing thirty-eight and thirty-nine players. You know, this is going to be an interesting time. Oh yeah, uh, Bob. And and when you play the same teams as much as you do, they are going. These games are going to be much more physical, much more vicious. I think, uh, and uh, that's going to be, that's going to take its toll on players. So it's going to be uh, fascinating to watch the the physical nature of the teams and how quickly teams will be able to use that, get into that taxi squad and use it to uh, to their own effectiveness. John, I'm going to just drag you into one more conversation point that we concluded last week with uh, before we took uh, July or July 1st, January 1st off. Um, Brian Burke was on, George LaRock was on, and we had a discussion whether or not the Oilers needed more toughness. And Brian said yes, and George said he didn't think so. What do you think? Uh, I think it, I, 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 you know, that's a really. Of course, Brian thought that they need more toughness. <laughs> Brian thinks they need more toughness at the dinner table. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think so. I, I think the game has changed. Uh, I think that if you have a player, I mean, even even the guys that aren't aren't the biggest of size, like a Yamamoto, who's who's gritty and prepared to go in the corners. If you have players of that ilk, you, I think the days of, of toughness are gone when you can intimidate other ways. I really do. I think, that, I, think, I, think I might agree with LaRock on this one. 
All right. Well, uh, we'll uh, be staying in touch, John. Thanks for your time, and we'll hook up Wednesday. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is John Shannon. He is our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Pay no overtime rates on 24-7 service and repairs. A ton of text to get to. Again, at one thirty today, Eileen Bell on uh, Premier Jason Kenney's announcement on some uh, resignations with UCP uh, members who uh, left the country during a time in which the province of Alberta is in a lockdown. Uh, she'll have those updates coming up for you in about five minutes' time. When we come back, we'll get into some text on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. You're listening to Oilers now. Hi, this is Oscar Clefbaum from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shen. All right. Well, Oscar not playing this season. Oilers opening up practice today. Return to play starts on the 13th. Injury Oilers Now Prospect Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Back at the 630 Jet Studio, here's Brendan Escott. Well, not too much to in from these days as uh, a lot of the prospects who were playing in Europe to begin this this fall, the last six weeks or so, are now back here getting ready for uh, the camps that are going on. So I can tell you that Dylan Holloway and Team Canada facing the Russians tonight in semifinal action at the World Juniors. That is a 4 p.m. puck drop uh, from the bubble at Rogers Place. Later, it's Finland in the U.S. at 7.30 tonight in four games for Canada. Holloway with a goal and an assist so far. Carter Savoy named the uh, NCHC Rookie of the Month for December. That is the uh, hockey conference in which Denver plays. He leads all NCAA goal scorers with eight after he tallied again, did Savoy, on Saturday in a 6-1 Denver win over Colorado College. That brings him to 13 points in 12 games. All right. Uh, of course, Philip Roberg uh, dealt with multiple injuries, uh, likely a Charlie horse or deep bone bruise uh, affected his stride during the course of the World Juniors. May have gotten a bit of a shoulder tweak, took a hellacious shot as well. Felt bad for him. Wasn't the same player we saw uh, with the return to play during the summer when he was in town for training camp. Do you want to mention there's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less than Wataskwin. Outstanding customer service is a key to business as well. Brent Ridge Ford is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. The year-end event, well, it's wrapped up, but it's a new start in a new year. And at Brent Ridge, they got great people, uh, great service, fully open and transparent. So let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge lend a hand. You can reach them at one eight seven seven four seven seven thirty six seventy three or visit brentridge.com. Quickly into our Ashley Fine Floors uh, text line. Uh, we've had a couple people... Uh, uh, a couple people suggest, uh, hey, uh, Bob, make no mistake, Connor McDavid is seen as that crossover star across the country, uh, including in Calgary. I'm, I'm not necessarily, uh, I'm not necessarily sold that's the case. Callan Spruce Grove says, Bob, I think that, uh, John is wrong, especially when you're playing, uh, back to backs, hard feelings carry over, and then the cheap shots, uh, start to happen, paybacks, anything to win, right? Same as always, it's like you'll be playing in a playoff series. Uh, again, uh, that one, uh, comes to us from Cal and Spruce Grove. Keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Um, Bob, travel is not illegal. They better lay off all the doctors that took tropical holidays then. I know three that took holidays. 
Well, this is, again, more of this discussion coming up at 2 o'clock today. This will be down in Jalen Nye's path a little bit later on during 6.30 Chad afternoons. Uh, we'll go off to Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell, and we'll get an update out of opening day of training camp for Edmonton. We'll circle back a bit to that in the final half hour of the show, but get an update from Ottawa with Gord Wilson as well. This is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.